special guest, amazing drummer, musician, just all around great talent. Uh, I I just sit and watch her videos all the time on Instagram. They're incredible. But yeah, we were right now the amazing Miss Jasmine Kelly. How are you doing tonight? Oh, hi. I'm good. Thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm feeling the black vibes right now. <laughs> black, 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 black. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. It's a whole bunch of stuff going. on I'm dressed like I'm about to go do a gig. I got. <laughs> you look like you're gonna go meet with the head of the Black Panthers. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. I actually do have a a Black Panther T-shirt over we here. Love it. About, yeah. We love it here. <laughs> right. It's just a wet, just a wet and go thing going on. Curly fro going on. But yeah. Uh, we are back. So savvy show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, my my co-hosts uh, mad they couldn't come in. But yeah, it's like it's all right. We'll, we'll hold it down while they're gone. But uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. I know you're busy, so I'm gonna try to make it brief. But yeah, my first usually how I start the show is that I try to um, just get into the the artist or musician's background. So I, I call it, it might be a little blasphemous, but I call it uh, the genesis, <laughs> the the musical genesis of their their background. So I want to know, like, what music did you gravitate gravitate to when you were younger? Um, when I was younger, it's interesting because there was a lot of music played in my house. Um, I think that probably the first, the first genre that I know that I can remember would probably be like the soul music, like that feel good, like that Saturday morning music where mm-hmm. you hear a mixture of gospel and the Osley brothers all in mm-hmm. one. So yep. you're kind of confused, but you already know what time it is. It's time to think. <laughs> uh, so I think that that was kind of the first genre that I kind of navigated to, um, obviously by default naturally the gospel music because I started out playing in church mm-hmm. um, but that was like so normal to me that it was like a part of mm-hmm. like the daily you know what I mean yeah. so I think it was more like that soulful music like I felt like I grew up with Steve Harvey in my house DJing like that's to put it in a, like an example because if yeah. you ever watch his videos backstage he mm-hmm. always got like the Ohio players playing mm-hmm. or Frankie Beverly and May it's like a, a whole vibe that was me growing up especially at cookouts and stuff too so yeah, I I ask that because usually whatever you gravitate to, that's usually what you want to play as a musician. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it might switch off. But I, I want to know in terms of church, since you brought it up, uh, was that where you laid the foundation with you playing uh, playing the drums? Yes. So it's weird because I actually started out singing first. A lot Me of too. people don't know that. <laughs> um, I tend to not tell that part of the story, but. My aunt is a singer. Um, mm-hmm. She used to sing often, you know, and I naturally kind of gravitated to the choir because it was just like a, it was musical. That was, I don't know, like that was what I mm-hmm. did. But the church, well, where I grew up at in Carrollton, Georgia, at Mount Zion Baptist was definitely like a foundation for me of starting out on drums. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was where I realized that I could play drums. That was where I saw drums in person for the like the first time. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I was a kid that after a, like a while, because I would learn rhythms really fast melodically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going over parts in the choir situation. And I think that that was probably like an early sign of development into like percussive skills, being able yeah. to find patterns and flow. And so I would always, though, be paying attention to the musicians, always. Mm-hmm. And then like one day, randomly, I saw my cousin playing this pattern. Shout out to CJ. I don't even know if he remember that. CJ Poole. He got on the drum kit and played this beat. And it was literally, and I remember it. And it was like, boom, cat. Cat, 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 boom, boom. That was it. He had no mm-hmm. hi-hat, no nothing in there. That was right. it, the beat. And I saw him do that, and I was like, I can do that. And <laughs> from just that little inkling, right? literally, like, about five years old, started telling everybody I knew. I mean, like, if you was in the grocery store and pulled up on my parents, I'd be like, hi, excuse me, mister. And they'd be like, yes, I know how to play the drums. <laughs> that was my life. And so it got kind of weird for my parents during that time period. I would say it was like roughly around like a two-week span mm-hmm. um, because they were like, you never play drums. You don't got no drum set in your house. You don't own drumsticks. I never put you in lessons. And, you know, eventually, I tell the story, I always got brought up to like stop telling lies. And um, I hit them with a good old scripture. And I'm sure that the spirit of backhand was on me. But God, why? But God. He won't do it. He did it. it. And so uh, (laughs) they were like, you know, you need to stop going around telling these lies. And I said it in front of like one of the like the pastor, the the pastor's ladies up there. And I was like, I can do all things for Christ. And that (laughs) made her live it. And so, uh, but God protected me. And, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get no, no, no tail whooping because I'm sure it was in her. Uh, But she couldn't say anything to me because it's like, how do you say something to a child of the very thing that you actually taught them? How, how old are you when you did was when was you did that? Five. Five. Wow, five. that's young. Wow. Yeah, so you like, I'm finna knock your earth out. <laughs> oh, yeah, this definitely it. was you it know, or late To fast forward two oh. weeks later, the church had a big like anniversary celebration. celebration and, you know, um, for people who are listening that didn't grow up in black culture or black church, when you have any kind of church anniversary in a Southern Baptist church, that's mm-hmm. a big deal. They yeah. hire musicians from out of town. Like yeah. everybody's coming. So yeah. it's like a big old celebration. And that mm-hmm. was that day. And for some reason, they didn't have a drummer. Packed out mm-hmm. house. Weird. Didn't have wow. a drummer. Um, I was sitting in the audience. I did not know the organist. I couldn't tell you who he was if I saw him today. Right. He didn't know me. Mm-hmm. He didn't even go to the church. Looks in the audience. Looks at me and is like, come up. And so I'm like, yeah, it's my time. But my parents are like, nope. I don't know if they saw him do that to me, but right. my other aunt, which was like, she was like, oh, let the girl go up. And so, you know, at Baptist Church, oftentimes happen, you walk around and you put your money in the bucket up front. Well, yeah. that was how we was doing. As soon as I dropped yeah. that money, I did it. I didn't ask. I kind of asked while I was running, but mm-hmm. sure, it sounded like gibberish. And so, yeah, that was my foundation. I played. And when I sat down, it just happened. Like, wow. like not a just like, oh, let me figure it out. Like, no, nah, it just solidly happened to where I held down that entire service. Wow. You know, right. that's interesting because I have a similar I started out singing in a choir alto section. Shout out to all the uh, altos that mm-hmm. hold down the melody 
uh, in the church choirs, but right. uh, I started out doing that. And, but like you said before, I related to what you said. I always watched the musicians and it was just, everything was grooving. It was like, I was paying attention to everything, the organ, yeah. the, uh, the bassist and the guitarist. I think I was centered around the drums because it was the old, the, the veteran musicians, like older, like they like had experience playing like seventies disco music. Mm-hmm. They've already done that. So they were just, you, it was just like a thing to where set musicians just, you didn't, you know? And I think because it was uh, people that were my age playing the drums, that's why I gravitated to that first, but I really wanted to play the bass, but it was like a, yeah, I had to do it 10 years later after <laughs> uh, learning how to play all the, the instruments, but, I related to what you were saying and it's interesting in the church. I don't know if your, your experience is the same, but when I started playing in church, I was like nine or 10 and I started playing the drums first and it was intense because the musicians that were mentoring me, they were like one take. No, it wasn't no right. playing around in rehearsal. Yes. It was, it was, and they were just old school musicians. Yeah. They wouldn't know. Oh, we going to go through this two, three times in rehearsal. It no, was no it was, mentorship. Yeah. Right. It was just, Go out here and swim. Right. Don't you sink? Because if you sink, I'm right. gonna take you out the pool. Right. Exactly. And no so, nursery, no nothing. Right. And then I just some. It was just a bunch of stuff happened. High school happened, and I started playing basketball. Blah blah blah. And yeah. then I went back. I started playing the piano, and then I just focused on doing that for a while. Then I people, like you said, people wouldn't show up to gigs or church stuff and they were like hey I need a drummer I'm like okay and then but I want to know in terms of church uh did you have any in particular I know you said you mentioned an organist but it was anybody in particular that kept you going in terms of the motivation and the support system to keep playing in church um so I have a cousin whose name is Carlos we call him Punkin and at the time he was the drummer it was like a rotation of people. It was um, him, a guy named Ike, and it's, it's crazy. These cats are like all older, way older than me with children mm-hmm. and families. I mean, I'm getting older too, but like more established. <laughs> right. Um, I and most of them, like I don't, Ike doesn't, I don't think he plays drums anymore. Mm-hmm. Carlos still does. But, um, and then there was like an old school. So I had a mixture. I mm-hmm. had Carlos, I had the Ike. Ike was like the middle guy. He was like the fresh young one. And then I had yeah. an OG, Joe. Right. Joe only played with with the with the quartet with 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 devotion. Oh, I feel you. It ain't no yeah. ain't no out of the pocket. Right, 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 right. It's the beat. He gonna give so, you a, but, yeah. realizing how those all played a part. Because mm-hmm. if I say what I'm about to say, I loved watching Ike play more because I felt like Ike would bring color to the music. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess a more variation of chops. And so my cousin Punkin, he would bring it all into one, but he would get on my nerves because, like you said, in church in church culture, well, at least back then, it was like for a male-dominated industry and me being a young black girl, it was either like sink or swim. Um mm-hmm. so that was kind of like my mixture. Like those were like the influences, but my favorite influence was this guy named Jonathan Henderson, who used to play at this church in um, Douglasville. It's called Church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. I had to remember the whole thing because long. Um, there's not named that anymore, but he was a preacher's son. And John, that was when I fell in love with DW drums. Shout out to DW. And, but he, John, 
John was like that guy for me. Mm-hmm. John was, he was like 6'3", light-skinned. I also thought he was fine. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> right, yes. Okay. But I'm right. also terrified of you. <laughs> uh, but he's also old enough to be probably my... Your older, older brother. brother. Right, yeah. older brother. So, um, but he had a very, very big part of my upbringing. I just remember love going to Douglasville to watch John play because we didn't get to go there all the time. And then also John didn't play all the time. But like John was very gentle with me. And, and he was gentle in a very like um, gentle, aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Like he would give me looks. And so instead of making me feel inferior, he'd be mm-hmm. looking like he was standing in the back. He always had some candy, pulling out some, and be like this. And he pop in, he put that hand in his pocket, and he wait. I got about five seconds to pull myself if I'm if I'm like not doing well or it's not flowing to pull it together, or he's gonna come in and sub. But the thing about John was when he would come in and pull me out, he would have me stand next to him and watch. And oh. then he would come in and be like, "Hey, listen, when you get up there, you can't do this, this, and this. This is what you should do. You got to be able to keep up." And see, right. when I was with my cousin, my cousin was just like, right. I appreciate all parts of it. So it was definitely like a mixture of them, but definitely um, John. So, Do you ever feel stifled creatively playing in church or do you still play in church? Or yeah. Okay. Do you ever feel stifled creatively to uh, like try new stuff like that may seem like outside of gospel realm, even though it's like modernized now, gospel music is modernized now, yeah. but do you ever feel stifled playing playing in church i'm not no, trying to hit on nothing I just, if you don't want to <laughs> no nah, it's cool too deep into I'm, it. I'm actually very very blessed and fortunate because i serve um at world changers mm-hmm. under dr dollar in the team ministry which is under pastor um anthony and constance and i'm just very blessed and fortunate to be in that environment because in team ministry, the creativity is highly encouraged. So mm-hmm. it's never really like a box in there. I mean, you'll come in there one day and you might hear like Beyonce's homecoming set, which is a true story. We actually ended up playing that set incorporated into a service and it was fire. Listen, I encourage, I don't, I don't ever feel, I encourage people to play. I mean, for me, it was like, uh, that's the only way I understood gospel, uh, especially playing on the piano. I couldn't understand it until I started putting R&B in it like I would and then it was connected I was like oh that's why I sound like that I would play an intro rec I don't know if you know who that is intro R&B group from the 90s I'll have their whole album listening to it on an mp3 player and then I would go and play it. I'm like oh this sounds like a commission song and then sure enough you know years later I find out you know they were influenced by commission I'm like oh all this makes sense but yeah uh, well I mean you know music yeah. started in the church though yeah it's the purest form Whatever. And I don't mean four walls. I mean, just a spiritual encounter with black people um, worshiping one God, you know, and the mm-hmm. focus is love. That that mm-hmm. was church. You know what I'm saying? Spiritual, mm-hmm. Negro spirituals. It was no, you right. know, and this is. But originally, that's where the church started. I mean, where mm-hmm. the music started in the church. But, you know, um, a European historically, and I say that intentionally. <laughs> Back in those areas, in those eras, certain chords and stuff were deemed as demonic. I mean, yeah. instruments were demonic. So mm-hmm. all of the music we have now derived from, in my opinion, I feel like probably like the little Davids. If you want to put mm-hmm. a character to a Bible name, 
who mm-hmm. ventured out and played string instruments, people mm-hmm. who started playing drums or things that they created. Cause like, man, it sounds cool. And it makes me feel good. Yeah. Right. Cause it talks about in, in the Bible where it says like David will play where, where somebody would feel uneasy and then like they will be healed. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a superpower. So yeah. It definitely healed me playing Erotic City uh, <laughs> in church. Yeah. I, I would go way left. I would play too short. It, I was Not inspired. I was a heathen. I, I would, I would find because I, yeah. I would try to be creative. I would just be creative because that because I would get bored and play right. the same chords. And so I'm like, how can I sneak this in here? And most of them didn't know. The only time I almost got caught was playing a Bob Marley song. That was it. But that that basis was tripping. I mean, if you want to. Do- <laughs> not to get deep about it but if you ever wanted to then it makes you question a lot of certain things where like if it's the same thing it's mundane and it's a pattern and nothing is coming from it we're just doing mm-hmm. it out of habit out mm-hmm. of tradition mm-hmm. is that really god right i believe that god will honor it but wow. is are you really hearing truly from god from whatever you believe in source me and my house we believe in the lord but it's right. just like respect from everywhere because we all pull from somewhere but it's a lot. I could talk about that. <laughs> Listen, I go way left. I mean, I still believe in higher power. I feel I still believe that, but I don't. I haven't been to church in a while. Mm-hmm. Not not for any kind of church hurt anything that yeah, no, I, talks I, about. It's just you know you evolve, and it's like yeah, it's a whole thing. But I could I could I feel you though. What you're talking about. What I want to get to is before we get to because I know the listeners want to know where where are you from by the way because uh, I know the listeners going to ask in the comments. I, Originally, I'm from Carrollton, Georgia. Okay. Shout out to the West Side. <laughs> I'm from Carrollton, Georgia, and people was like, "What's that?" Uh, <laughs> city, which Where is, is that at exactly? For those of us that are not uh, Georgians, and yeah, so it's a small city. Okay, um, closer to Alabama, it's going to be West Georgia. Okay, it's like a skip and a hop before you hit Alabama. So. Okay. So is it like a population like 7,000, 9,000? I don't even know, but it's small. <laughs> it's small. It's small. It like if it's that. <laughs> right. No, because I'm, I'm from a small small city. It's like 20. Well, to me, small is like 7,000, but we had like 25,000. So I was just trying to get a range if it's like country like that. Like, is it like, oh, you got to wait to go to the next exit country? Or is it like it's city country cold? like We don't have exits. Wow. Yeah, that's. So it's I mean, just like, like a long, you don't want to go out there at night is what you're saying. Well, if you're in the city part, yeah, but okay. it's dark. It's not like it's definitely developed, um, but it's it's just definitely Southern. Like, OK, you got a Kroger and you got a Publix. Uh, I know. You know, what, you I'm bad, now that makes sense. And now if you count Walmart, <laughs> but that's it. That's where all the locals hang out on weekends. It sound like that's the party. That's the club is Girl, Walmart. Know no more, you don't know no more. You ain't been there. <laughs> like, I, I don't go there, there no more. <laughs> 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 no. Um, before I, 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 not to stay on church so much, but I want to know in terms of, is there any song in particular? It could be from any genre. I should say um, that whenever you played it, it was like complex, but then whenever you, finally got it down it's like man i did that have you ever had that moment playing yeah. um oh what's the name of that kurt franklin song off of the god's property album that they're not oh, oh my gosh it's oh like, man 
I'm gonna try I'm gonna, to. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up <laughs> real quick because that's gonna bother me. So Kurt Franklin's album, The God Property, God's Property, uh, was the very first album that I learned from top to bottom. Oh um, wow! Because it was the only CD that I had, and, and you know, <laughs> I was born in the '90s, so I'm a '92 baby. So back then, oh, I had a CD no. player and a cassette player. Okay. That was the only CD for real, for real that I had. Okay. That had my collection because my grandmama was praise the Lord. She was a, she was a little touch. She was strict, you know, for no reason. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. Um, and so when I would practice, I would literally play that album um, over and over and over. And oh, there it is. So this, dang, this is so old. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh! You remember the name of it? I'm looking at it. Oh, you look. Oh, you're looking at it. Okay. Yeah. That yeah that I remember that album so vividly. It was like every musician's favorite jam session is to play something from Kirk Franklin's albums. I, I feel like the '90s was all Hezekiah Walker and Kirk Franklin. Maybe a little bit, a little bit of a. Uh, uh, what's his name? Donald. What's the other guy? I forgot his. I keep forgetting his name. Donald what? Lawrence. Yes, him. This it's raining. It's raining. It's oh. raining by Kurt, Kurt Franklin. I, it was like funny, like don't don't don't. Yeah, yeah. Until I was like sweating, like, and then right. I, I got it. And then that was how I learned how to like kind of figure out what a ghost note was. Cause I didn't have no mm. lessons. I was all figuring it out. And mm. uh, once I figured that funk out, I was mm. like, yeah, cause there's a lot of pocket. All them funk records from the 70s. I even want to say late 60s cause um, high records um, that held Al Green, Syl Johnson. Um, Ov right. I'm, I'm I'm real old school. I go to the soul music from 60s and 70s mm-hmm. in terms of the rhythm section, and they had the funkiest rhythm because they were called the high rhythm section band. They had a session band uh, that did all Al Green's uh, I think first two albums. I know the Living for You album. I think his first three albums they did it. Willie Mitchell put it all together, but they had the funkiest uh, rhythm section of all time, and then the 70s you get to. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and yeah. Isley Brothers. Isley Brothers, yeah. you know, because Ernie Isley, that's when I was like, I started listening. It's like, for me, it's like an a, a artist should leave a trail of their inspiration. So when I hear Prince, I, I would deep dive. I deep dive into records. And so how I learned, I would just listen to people's full discography. Like, I listen to all Prince records. And mm-hmm. I, then I would listen to interviews. He's like, okay, Sly Stone. Yeah, uh, Ernie Isley, and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, that's I'm hearing all that influence because of certain chord patterns he would do that were blues chords, funk chords. I'm like, so do you? How do you? Um, how do you approach? Because you know, like how as a musician, you get the music, you got to dissect it like you're a surgeon, and you know, figure out everybody's parts, what's going on, and then your part. How mm-hmm. how do you approach the music in terms of like making sure you do it right? Yeah. So it depends on it depends on like I guess the set, but most of the time I would just listen to the music just to listen. Like not study it, just like 
listen to it to hear how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I get an idea, because then I take those feelings and I incorporate them and I'm able to paint a picture. So the first thing is I just listen to it as if I was not a musician and what makes me fall in love with it. Um, mm-hmm. Cause most of the time I, I, you know, hopefully you're playing music that you enjoy. I don't really necessarily like playing music that I don't enjoy. Wow. Um, yeah. And I think that that's fair to say that mm-hmm. because why would you do something that doesn't serve you? Right. You know what I mean, uh, and I say that very lightly because sometimes you have to do, you know, with sets and stuff. You may not mm-hmm. be comfortable with certain things, but I feel like songs are like storybooks or parables because every time you listen to them, it's something different and something new that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll listen to the song and then I'll dissect it. Um, I'll count. I, that's something I started doing, like when I moved to Atlanta, like counting patterns. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to bass changes, key changes, but I just go section by section, listen to the mm-hmm. whole thing. How does that make me feel? What are the words saying? Because the words tell me where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And then I right. actually learn the entire, like all of the words. Um, and then once I learn the words, I go section by section, intro. All right, cool. And then I might learn what's the base, what's the foundation groove. Yeah. Saying as I lock in the foundation, cool, let's go back and listen to each part, the intro, the verse, the chorus, and let's listen for setups. And then I just paint the picture by then. I'll learn the song identically as close to the record as I can, and then go back mm. and practice it over and over and over until it's in my spirit. Once I've done that, then I get a chance to come out of it. Because in the beginning, I play like the artist. But now I'm the artist. So I serve mm-hmm. the song how it was created. And mm-hmm. then I allow myself to come out of it gracefully and tastefully. You know what I'm saying? Placements, mm-hmm. everything. I don't just, that doesn't mean I just feel everywhere. It means I just play what the music calls for. And most right. of the time, music calls for space. But people are afraid of space and isolation. It's a funny thing. Man, Isaiah Sharkey, uh, he's a guitarist. He said it best. He's like, the space is like the conversation, like it's supposed to be a back and forth exchange. And I think that's yeah. where some musicians get tripped up on. But for me, that's what it was. It was like, that's why I like the old school musicians. Cause they may not, some of them may not have done all the extra stuff, but they could keep that pocket. And for me, I was like, okay, I can do that. I would, for me, I, when I listen to the, mu- the music, I'll strip, the whole instrumentation and just listen to the vocals, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I just I listen to the vocals. Yes, and that's how I learned how to. I'm glad that I went to the piano after I did the drums because it helped me be in pitch of what they're doing. Like I, when I hear somebody sing, I already know what key they're in before they get to the next part or whatever. Because you, you know, like when you're in church, you gotta like sometimes yeah. you gotta follow the singer, and so you gotta know the chord where. Right. You know, if it's a pastor, they get tuned up. It's like, okay, right. what, what key he in? D flat? E flat? Right. Oh, okay. All right, I can follow him. And then they might change the key going into the tune-up. I'm like, all right, sir, put it. Okay, you can stop now. He get, <laughs> Some of the pastors I would play for, they get tuned up. It's like, all right, I got to be on the road in 20 minutes. I need you to wrap this up. So I can... <laughs> musician, uh, church musicians, they listen to the show a lot. So I'm glad we're talking about this because a lot of them like try to get on as do professional gigs and they have all these questions. So what we're talking about Mm -hmm. now, I'm glad we're talking about. And my next one is in terms of 
what you were saying, I want to piggyback off of playing gigs, playing gigs that you like. It's a lot of musicians that don't play gigs they like. And I feel like that's where the the transition from being a full-time musician and just getting a regular job, they're in that in-between because they don't know what direction they want to go to. So I want to speak in terms of that. Like, so you always kept that attitude uh, in terms of professional gigs. When, when did that start for you? Um, I, I, it's weird. I think that I started receiving like, I think life is a plant. You know, like you have seeds that are sown and you water it, you nurture it, and then they're like it produces fruit and trees and things of that nature. And so I think that along my childhood, seeds were sown into my life where I started, I didn't connect it then, but it was like subconsciously I began to connect like, you can get paid for this because I knew at the, every year at the, like the end of, the year, like the celebration, I knew I was going to get like a love offering. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, I'm like seven. So, <laughs> right. That was real young. Right. So when I'm looking at it and I look back and I'm like, I got money, you know, like, mm-hmm. but I'm not thinking of it in that space. But I think that that had a lot to do with seeds being sown. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started high school, and I was playing in the church. I was serving. I wasn't getting paid. Mm-hmm. And then college happened. And then I realized, like, I want to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Rephrase your question. I mean, repeat your question for me. I want to make sure I stay on. It just, um, I almost forgot it. <laughs> uh, just in terms of, like, have you always known, like, what kind of music you wanted to play? I guess I should rephrase it like that. Have you always known what like your intention on playing music and that oh, you yeah. wanted to do it professionally. So, yeah. So I, I didn't know for a really long time. I just know that drums made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Drums made me come alive that like I could do it all day. Mm-hmm. Like my parents had to tell me to stop. It's time to go to bed. Stop. Right. And they right. were like, no, you know, like I don't hear this anymore. That was the only reason I stopped. <laughs> or I would get frustrated because I couldn't, you know, do what I wanted to. But I, I always go back to it. Mm-hmm. It was like an addiction. Um, and so the more that I did it, the more that I was exposed to like amazing musicians. Shout out to John P. Key. Shout out to, um, shout out to, um, oh my gosh, um, why am I having a Calvin Rogers? I'm seeing him in my head. Shout out Calvin Rogers. Like like those cats. Like, when I heard that John P. Key, that rain on us, that done changed my life. Woo! You brought me back. Like, brought me back that's to the one of my favorite drum solos of all time. I would literally interrupt my parents' conversation, be like, y'all gotta be quiet. Turn the radio up. Like, I just wanna oh hear my the part. And what's funny is, like, my aunt actually nurtured that. I remember being in the car, like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. And she was like, you like that solo, huh? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And then she was like, okay then, girl. It was never like, no, it was always like, all right then. All and right, so, right. So when I got to about senior year, um, getting ready to graduate high school, I stopped pre-med classes. I was in school, pre-med school classes, um, because I thought I was going to be a doctor, because oh, that wow. was what some of my family was like, you should do, because... 
we're in America. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, man, I don't like it. And then somebody asked me, they was like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I think I'm going to do music. And it was like, well, how are you going to do that? And I'm like, I don't know, but that's what I want to go to school for. That's the only thing that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Only thing that makes sense. And I went to school. Um, I didn't get accepted into the music program my first semester. That's what people don't know. Because you have to audition to be in the music uh, the music department, which is interesting. And I didn't make it. I couldn't read music. I could read. I just didn't know that I could read. I could read rhythms, but I couldn't read melodic things. because they oh, had, I get what you're saying. Yeah, they didn't teach me that in school. It's like, she played by ear. We don't care. We actually don't even like this kid. I think she's going to be a blow off, literally. One of my band directors told me that I wouldn't amount to anything. Um, wow. He's not there anymore, though. Uh, and, Thank uh, God for that, right. No, yeah. Um, and they're also like, it's just like, wow, I'm thankful that I didn't listen to that. Because if you would have said that to the right, wrong kid, that would have affected their life forever. Right, um, exactly. But when college hit, that was when I knew. It was like always this underlying thought or idea like, man, I just want to play drum set. That was all I cared about. Even saying this now, is bringing even more healing to me because I'm just like, this is just what I love. It's who I am. Well, it's not who I am, but it's what I do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of times we, as musicians and artists, we attach our identity to our gifts and talents. And our gifts and talents aren't who we are. They're just gifts and talents. They're services that we provide. But who we are is whatever you're anchored in as far as your identity and what you believe in. So it's like a, a double deal. You know what I'm saying? It's like your identity plus, oh, you can do this. Oh, that's dope. Mm-hmm. Once I got to that level, college happened. Um, I graduated. And then I moved to Atlanta by faith. Okay. <laughs> um, 2016, graduated. I took one week off. After that, I was sending emails and filling out job applications like every single day i sent so many emails that second week after graduation that google thought i was spam and locked me out of my email wow <laughs> because i wow. was how hungry i was for a job mm-hmm. right uh and i applied for everything but then i would say uh, you know once i decided that moment i was like I, I think i need to go and all i heard was jump when i made that jump everything started falling in my lap i got a call from guitar center um, like not the store level, but like the main, right? The main one, right? Like the yeah, like the owner, owner, yeah, owner yeah, who was at the time. Wow. And I'm like, okay. And I'm calling. He calling me. I'm like, he's like, did I catch you at a bad time? Actually, you did. I'm like practicing right now. And that was when I had just got the contract at World Changes. Um, shout out to WCCI Norcross and um Dr. Dollar because listen, Dr. Dollar. And his family literally, I mean, they, I mean, they took me under their wing when I got here and just molded, helped mold me and groom because I was rough. <laughs> I was rough around the edges, but they helped mold me into the person that you see now being able to be on camera and be confident and like comfortable. It's just mm-hmm. so much growth that went on, so much healing that took place just being up mm-hmm. under their leadership um, and mentorship. So I'm just forever grateful. But that moment was when I knew I was like, all right, this has to work or it has to work. This is what I'm going to do. There are no more what ifs. And then the phone car started rolling in, the Braves call, and the J. Cole calls, then mm-hmm. Porsche calls, but it's actually Porsche, the car. It's Porsche, y'all. 
I know either. And, you know, then, um, the, the Hawks call and Super Bowl calls and Jermaine Dupree calls and Olay calls. And it just started flowing. And so it's like, when I got that Braves call, I was like, I ain't, I ain't auditioned in a while, but then I made it. I was like, this is my life. And mm-hmm. I think that was probably like the hard decision where I was like, nah, this is it. And I'm going to stick this thing out. But mm-hmm. I think there's just always been a burning desire. Mm-hmm. So tell us a long story. Um, no, so you're good. You're good. Um, I, I just, I think that because this is what I knew that I was supposed to be doing and this is what I love to do and I enjoy, I think that there was never really ever any questions about money. Like, I never thought about that until other people started asking me, well, how are you going to make money? Because here's the reality. Money is not your issue mm-hmm. at all. If you actually take your focus off of the money and just put it all into the gift and serving, God will send you people to come into your life who are assigned to you. He'll give you ideas and inventions. He'll tell you to go on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, you know, went viral off something stupid that you did. Or you went viral off a plan on Fisher Price toys. Shout out to Trend and Couch <laughs> Drummer Nation. That's like, that's like my little sis. But it's like mm-hmm. stuff like that because this is what you love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? While you sitting over here in your corner doing what you love because that's what you do, then mm-hmm. opportunity just presents itself. And so the more that you become who you're actually supposed to be, the more that you get aligned in with the things that you're actually seeking. Because mm-hmm. people think that they got to be the best at their craft in order to get the phone call. But it's really not that. You have to really be in alignment with who you are and your identity and mm-hmm. become the person that you want and desire to be. You need to become that person first and then everything else will come to you. Because it's literally like those things will chase you down Mm -hmm. because it's it's in order. Like it's divinely a sign that whatever is for you is for you. But Mm -hmm. only until it's time will it be like like a release of acceleration to where Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. Like, that's how I feel right now. I'm overwhelmed with like everything that's happening. Like this interview, I'm grateful because we've been trying to do this forever yeah, it's like my yeah. schedule, but I, I mean, I feel overwhelmed and because of like, I'm just blessed, you know what I'm saying? And right. so um, I think that that was, that was probably like the connection for me just understanding like it was no way that I can run from it. And I tried to quit it once. That was how I really knew. Right. I was yeah. like, man, this, I don't know, we on the radio. F this. No, no, you good. We, we all feel it's, it's uncensored. <laughs> we I don't want to do it. <laughs> and then about 20 minutes later, I'd be like, well, what if I put my kit in between? Oh, girl, let's go do it. And then I'm sitting somewhere behind a kit or I'm writing something out like, yeah, this y'all gonna be fire in the morning. <laughs> you step so, back to reality. Yeah, so it's like I tried to quit and then I realized when I when I realized that like this is this is probably like something you've been called to. So you you're speaking on everything I think every musician struggles with. I think, like you said. I think people just don't understand their purpose and their, what they're driven to do. And that's where they're always hung up on. Cause I always get so many questions asking the, the listeners emails at musicians asking, uh, how can I get this? How, how can I get that? How can I get this gig? And it's like, for me, it was just three simple things. It was preparation, being on time. I'll say 99.8% of the gigs that I've ever received professional or just playing in church. It was because I was available. I was on time and I knew the, knew the material before I got there. Like, I you know, you, and, yeah, yeah, it's that simple. 
I tell my students and like my teammates, like it's the three P's. You got personality, professionalism, mm-hmm. and um, uh, performance. And, and like, and, and, and because in, in the HBCU world, we, and shout out to my HBCU, the unsinkable Albany State University, and then shout out to all of the other HBCUs. But like, our culture is very like, it's just, it's magical, first of all, but it's very powerful and strong and militant. Everything mm-hmm. got to be right on. And when you get out into the real world and people who actually want to be performers and entertainers, mm-hmm. it's called entertainment for a reason. We want all of the things, but we're so one track minded with, I got to have this clean. But the reality of it is you need a level of professionalism. The level of professionalism is like you said, is the showing up on time Mm -hmm. Um, is the, can you handle your paperwork behind scenes? Do you know how to fill out a W2? Do you know how to send professional Mm -hmm. emails? Can you be in specific board meeting rooms where Mm -hmm. you know how to articulate yourself very, very well. Then you Mm -hmm. have the personality personalities. Are you a butthole or can you be lovable? Are you present to be around all right, can that you be on camera and show enthusiasm? Like, can you right. smile? Do you carry yourself with a certain kind of confidence and a swag? It's like, well, people right. know. And then you have the performance piece, which is all of them being able mm-hmm. to play the part. They're knowing your instrument very, very well. And when you have all three of those, that's a package right there. Exactly. And that's what you call a market. Because yeah. then you create your own lane. And so I told people, like, there are gigs that I got that I felt like I was unqualified for, but I know that I was called to it because it showed the other people in the room, like, yo, if you really want to do this, you got to be able to do all three. Definitely. These people yep. don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're not a drummer, they don't know about our entertainment world. They just yeah. like, yo, do your thing that you be like, right. you know what I'm saying? Where you be like, ah, like, do the yeah. thing. Right. And they want to have fun. And so popping is cool. The feels is cool, but no one cares. And it's so, it's so um, obvious in both industries in the marching world and like the, the musical drum set world where I was at a show previously and I, the drummer was like getting kind of warmed up in the, in the the segment. He started doing like the drum feels and stuff. And this was what it sounded like. And he was like, woo. Hey, (laughs) like you would hear sparks of like, woo. When they went, he would, and he going crazy, right? Yeah. But then as soon as God, and I think he knows, he was just like, you know, warming it up. And right, so yeah. he went like this, he was like, everybody in the building lost it. And I was right. like, hey. Yeah. Your superpower. Because yeah. you're called to make people dance and make people feel good. Don't nobody yeah. understand what we doing when right. we doing our thing. Now yes. it's a way to segue that into there. Yes. Now would I get it? But for the most part, you gotta be able to literally drive the bus. So it's a three P's man, per- personality, performance, and professionalism is all necessary. You can't have one without the other, or you're gonna cut yourself off to certain fields of work that you may actually be interested in. Do you think that I play drums on Olay? Say it again. <laughs> Do you think that I play drums on the Olay commercial? Yeah, <laughs> I did a little bit, right? And they didn't tell us that the sound was gonna be on the actual video, so you know, like I'm saying, like, right. I was gonna fire us up in this HPCU group, but I was like, who cares? Because do they pay my bills? I just got paid, right? <laughs> oh, baby, anyway, <laughs> it wasn't our fault, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like that, but the whole time it was just energy. Mm-hmm. Can we feel what's on the camera? Because mm. that's oh, the artist, you know what I'm yeah. saying. 
you an actor too, an actress too. See, you you hitting on so many different it's so many compartments to this to where I can like layer it and ask more questions, but I'm trying not to keep all your time. I got one more question. I have so many questions for you. But no, go ahead. and um just the one, because I, you know, I, I just want to know this just in terms of your growth and your mm -hmm. evolution as a musician. Is there anything uh that you've done in the past in terms of your gigs, whether if it was playing Super Bowl, the Braves, any any of those different gigs, those lessons in there to where you'd be like, I would have did that. Do you approach it differently uh, today in present time? Ooh. Mm. <laughs> That's heavy. Uh, ooh. As Okay, so if I had to choose one, I wouldn't say approach, but if I could go back and have a conversation with my younger self, it would have been at the Braves. Okay. And the conversation would go a lot like, it's okay to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. People are figuring out how to handle a diamond in the rough. Because when I got to the Hawks, that was when I started realizing my worth a lot. Shout out to Donnie Frazier and Joe and the entire um, entertainment department at the Atlanta Hawks because they are phenomenal. Um, when I got there, there were things that I asked for that were normal. Let's just put it on the table. When I, when I was at the Braves, uh, and we're not going to say any names, but when I was at the Braves and I would ask for certain things like maybe a women's small or women's shorts, mm -hmm. I got labeled as the typical black woman, you know what I'm saying? Hard to work with. She's a B-I-T-C-H. Like she's not willing to compromise. And when you actually hear these things out loud, who is willing to compromise if it's something that goes against their integrity? And not that, you know, BD women's shorts or men's shorts go against my integrity, but I'm a woman at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And there is a certain level of professionalism, right? Because mm -hmm. I carry myself a certain way. I, mm -hmm. I take baths. <laughs> I iron my shirts when, you know, I need to, mm -hmm. um, to look presentable. And so if I could just go back and reapproach myself, I would be a lot more gentle with myself. I wouldn't beat myself up so much. Um, and I would just literally tell myself to see the beauty in the space that I'm in and mm -hmm. try to liberate the people who are seeking to connect with me, but they can't quite figure out how because they haven't accepted whatever it is that they're seeing in me that they actually see in themselves. A lot of times when we have issues, it's never the other person. It's always you. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad because of what you did to me. I'm mad because you just reflected something of, of myself that I'm not ready to face yet. And that takes a lot of balls to own up to that responsibility. Mm -hmm. But until you do that, you will continue to repeat the same experience. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think that would just be my message to myself then. Like, you just have no idea what you're about to walk into. This is a stepping stone for like your life because in the next four or five years it's about to completely transform. And it has, you know, like a lot of these things I didn't apply for. They just came to me. Right. That I a hundred percent relate to. I listen, still don't know how I got the Ole gig. Listen, that's such a huge thing that people, I think that's not in this industry. Don't understand the massiveness of that, but 
just congrats on that because that, that's you. not even a, a, a easy thing people understand in, in its entirety but I said that was my last question but I got one more go ahead one more, one more question because uh, I was going to play this game with you we play with all the guests but um, in terms of you playing is there I mean in, in your videos what well I should say uh, what made you want to do those videos like start consistently putting out videos oh man hey listen shout out to my homeboy my big bro carlin mccullough because <laughs> carlin and a mixture of calvin and a mixture of little john roberts shout out mm. little john roberts my instructor man he is an amazing person like on the scene behind the scene i have never met somebody with such legendary a- legendary but he, but he has such a like a gentle like authentic spirit he's gonna keep mm. it 100 with you but he's also like old enough to be my dad so mm-hmm. he's also like, nah, like you need to stay away from buddy over there because I ain't really feeling it. like you old enough to be my daughter. Like these cats right. out here tripping. Yeah. But that's just him. Like, and um, he was the first person that I actually agreed to be my mentor when I moved to Atlanta. And I was terrified to ask him, but <laughs> I was gonna get fed. Right, right. Y'all write it down. But um <laughs> no, so it was like a mixture of that. Like my homeboy Carlin, man, back when um uh, who was I playing with at the time? I can't remember, but I was like in in the prime of Guitar Center because I teach lessons there. And, you know, I was helping him build stuff and we was building up, you know, his studio. And so I remember him putting stuff together and I'm learning from him. And, you know, then all of a sudden he just like start posting and like me and him are really, really like close and his Mm -hmm. wife as well. And so he's like, man, you need to start posting online like your journey. And he's like, man, people want to see the journey. I'd be like, bro, yeah, you right, bro. But I would be like, you know. <laughs> he's like, listen, I know you'd be tired. You're over there working like a Jamaican. Because at the time I was, I was working heck of jobs. The Braves, Atlanta Hawks, Starbucks gigging on the side. Yeah. at the church. Baby, I was full deck. It was running. Everywhere. Uh, right. But also in those seasons, helped me to understand, like, all right, you tripping. And so, you know. I always wanted to. I just didn't know how. And Carlin just kind of stepped in and was like, get it done. Get it done. Hey, are you going to post online? Hey, you need to show your story. Hey, start talking in your stories more. Hey, can you just at least show your drum kit at the Braves? Can you show your stuff that you're doing at the Hawks? I mean, people want to see that. I mean, you're not ugly, right. bro. They going to look <laughs> at it. And uh, <laughs> he just stayed on my head. And then, you know, fast forward, pandemic hits, life slows down a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful. And child, I didn't realize how tired I was. Pandemic was a blessing for me. It was hard, mm-hmm. but it was a blessing because I didn't realize everything that I was doing wrong. I was burning myself out to where I couldn't be the best artist I needed to be. And uh, the pandemic happened. I started buying heck of stuff like everybody else. But instead right. of buying like clothes and stuff that I'm not going to wear for another year, I started buying equipment. Mm-hmm. I started like recleaning my drums and... Um, then I started getting inspiration, looking at some of these other players online. I'm like, I'm not on tour right now. And these cats, my son, my homies, and my heroes, they was on tour. They hurting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have nothing outside of that line. I'm talking about, like, some of the biggest artists in the world. They right. Mm-hmm. Right. And they hurting. Yeah. They married with kids. And they're Yeah. For so sure. I'm yeah. I don't want to put my livelihood in nobody's hand other than God. Mm-hmm. And um, after conversations and conversations and being on my head and calling me all the time, I just started moving by faith. 
I would buy something, set it up. And I started documenting the whole process. And as I documented, people just started coming along. And then they say, you know, you have some videos that will go viral, like the HBCU um, Support Black College. That was the one. Because it was right around homecoming. People was missing it. And it hit. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the beginning of the journey, man. And I, I just knew I wanted to build something separate because... You know what I'm saying? As an artist, all of us, uh, we're so, man, we're so beautiful, like, and so beautifully, like, made and so full of um, just so much music and art that we are only thinking as producers for the content side, but never on the business side of how this could probably set your children's children up for generations if you if you if you package it right. Because everybody has their own tribe. And so shout mm -hmm. out to Girl on Drums because they rock with me heavy. And um that was just a blessing that I even got that. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. just taking myself out of the center and realizing that the gifts that I have are for me, but they ain't really for me. And realizing that I have them to serve other people because if you can walk into a room and change somebody's emotions, then you have the power to heal them. And so I just realized the online game was that, man. It's just like, you don't see too many women doing that. And I just started doing it. I started getting consistent and I started getting phone calls from people online. And I mean, that's how I met you. And then just like, right. it just happened, you know, like mm -hmm. it just started to happen faster mm -hmm. than slower, than slower. So. Yeah. And I you, you're hitting on everything that I pretty much every musician I'm talking about from Frank McComb to Ooh, Frank. Listen, Frank is. Yeah, it's my guy. Frank Shout is crazy. Frank. Shout, yeah, he's super crazy. <laughs> Shout out to him. He's in Italy right now uh, doing this set for his uh, birthday uh, celebrate annual that's, birthday. That's show. Yeah. Frank is a beast, bro. That's my, yeah, that's my guy. I love him to death. But yeah, you're, you're hitting on everything him and different other musicians that have said in terms of the emphasis has to be on the business. It's just mu music business. The emphasis is going to be on the business most of the time. So you're, you're hitting on, man, I have so many questions, but I won't play this game. We with can you come back from round two. Yeah, we can do it. Definitely a part two. I got, cause I got way more questions. It's just, <laughs> when you were talking, it just more came in my head, but I was like, I'm going to tone it down a bit. Cause we get kind of wild on here, but this part of the game. Now yeah. I got you. We got to the savvy part of the show. Now we at the heathen side. I get kind of amped up in this part of the show. It's called the, the game is called the what's wrong with you game. I play with all the guests. I'm going to explain the rules because they be confused on uh, what it is. And I also make up the rules as I go. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah, it, but I'm going to explain. But I mean, you get to cheat. Oh, no, nah, it's just I, I just need honest answers. If you honest, if you answer honestly, it, it, you're going to win. But it's an either or game. You just basically picking. Who do you play more on your playlist? And some of these are songwriters and producers. So you can take those in consideration when you put, I'm just putting that out there. You can put okay. that, that, that's part of your pick as well. And okay. so I'm gonna start this off with Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't wanna play. That's so hard for me. What, who do you play more on your playlist? Yeah. Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass? It's probably... Oh, it's, it's probably going to be Marvin for me. Okay, you're talking right. Okay, the next one is the OJs or the Whispers? Uh, I'm going to be the OJs. I'm an OJ girl. Okay, you're talking right. The next one is Prince or Rick James? I mean, you said who I play more, so... 
It's prints by like a hair. I play them equally. Prints, okay. See, those were all trick questions. Either way, you would have went with any of those, you would have got it right. Cause like I said, I make up the rules as I go. And so, anyway, <laughs> you would have went with it. Equally. Yes, and I, I put them together cause they were both producers, musicians, songwriters. So they match up well then a Michael Jackson. Cause people want me to do Michael Jackson versus Prince. It's like, no, they do that enough. But you yeah. got those right. Now we're at the part of the game where it's intense and you got to get all these right. Or you wow. got to get a what's wrong with you. It's no, Either or, it's not a, a toss up. You got to get them right. And so, no pressure. But then <laughs> the first one is Miss Patty or Miss Aretha. Patty. I'm talking. I knew. I ain't. I just I, I, let me put my Patty girl out there. I knew you was a Patty girl. That I any, knew it. That any talent is better than the other. But for me and my, my house and the playlist, it's a Patty. But I listen to Aretha too, because Aretha yes. is my. She and my foundation. Listen, I have all of Aretha's I albums. All I stuff. love it. I got but it on vinyl. Yeah. Oh, Patty. Patty. Yeah. <laughs> right. You being honest. Patty. See, you didn't get a what's wrong with you there because you being honest. Okay, the <laughs> next one is Michael Jackson specific. Uh, thriller or Off the Wall? Um. Ooh, that's tough. I, I kind of like off the wall. Okay, you two for two right now in the what's in the the, the crucial part of this game. Okay, <laughs> so you got that one right. Okay, the next one, Brian McKnight or Babyface? Brian McKnight. That ain't. I don't have to think about that. Okay, you were going so well. No, because I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out what. So, uh, so here's why. When when I was growing up, um, my godfather, who is like basically like my real dad. Uh, on weekends, we would have like dates. And so Brian McKnight was our playlist. And so it has sentimental value to me. I okay. love this place. But um, the one, I Like a Dream Come True, that was our song. Oh and my, my mom's, and he, had, he used to have this old school convertible. And so we would literally, after we played Tootsie Roll, he would play that song. And I remember that. Not the Tootsie Roll. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm little, I'm, I'm ratchet, okay? Hilarious. I know you from Georgia. You said you brought this out. Not to say all people from the Thanks. people listening in. I'm not saying all people from Georgia is ratchet. I'm just I saying. am. Right. We have intense. Okay. We have ratchet tendencies. So, yeah, so that, that Brian McKnight has like sentimental value okay. to me because of my dad. Okay. That was baby face. Baby face, but like. How are your face so pretty? And why your hair looks like that? <laughs> that was me as a kid. Even with Did I touch your head? <laughs> I got it with the, cause I'm, I'm an 80s baby, so that was, that was Jerry, I was into the Jerry Curl. Yeah, and see, so I had long, long the hair. Deal. I done started cutting on my hair, but I used to be like, you got hair like mine. Like, how you do that? <laughs> Listen, I respect that. The backstory, <laughs> I respect it, but the rules of the game and how I do it, you gotta, you gotta, the rules of the game, you gotta pick what I pick. And so since you didn't pick what I picked, you have 15 seconds to name me top five Brian McKnight songs right now. The top, the the, the clock is ticking right now. Go ahead. Or name what? I got a drink? Uh, no, just just name me five songs. Just leave, just name me five songs. <laughs> if they in, they in your playlist, I need to hear the five. I need you to list the five songs, please. Okay, it's gonna be, oh, I don't even know the title though, but it's gonna be. No, no, okay. The one. The Make a Dream Come True. 
Uh, that song. Uh, I like um, Brian. It's weird. I'm very really strange. His Christmas song. Oh, no. He terrible name. Okay. You can ask me what's the song now. I was like, you know, I'd be like, la, 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 la. That's a musician name. I don't, name, I don't know none of them either. That top one. That's my one. Okay. I'm not, since you gave me the backstory. <laughs> and. I feel like the you name me. You didn't name me five since you didn't name me five, and then you were supposed to pick what I pick. You're not gonna get it. What's wrong with you? But you're definitely about to get negative seventeen points deducted because you're supposed <laughs> to pick uh, Babyface. That's how the rules go. I'm sorry. Okay, we're in a bonus round now. Okay. These, I added one because this was such a, a hot thing on Twitter. I feel like I need to save this one last, but I'm gonna do it first. Uh, SWV or Escape. Praise God. I just had to I just had to give a praise right there because you talking right. You don't know how much of a toss-up that one was. And I'm this is the first time I put it in the game on this show. And you are the first guest to answer that one right. And I hope you that follows suit to the next guest to come on and get I, I, like, I like both of them. I was brought up on both of them. I was too, but SWV my old school. Elite. Like it's like like SWV is my foundation, and then as like I order it with Escape, you know what I'm saying? Like right. back when you know the underground was still a thing in Atlanta. But yeah, like I like both of them. Yeah. Okay. You got that one. By the way, just so y'all know, <laughs> I like all these artists. And it's yes. Very hard to pick. <laughs> Listen, it's it's all love. I love all those artists. Maybe I don't have Brian McKnight's discography like that, but still a great artist. Either way. Okay, the last one in the bonus is Mary J. Blige or Faith Evans. Oh, that's a toss-up, but I'm going to say Mary. Okay. Um, And I'm going to say Mary because you got to think about my age. So, like, yeah, I I listen to both of them. So, I don't really got to choose, but I remember... Man, and that one's hard because I like both. I like I said, most of these people I like both. Okay, this right. one, this one was for sure, and then uh, the Patty and Aretha one was for mm-hmm. sure, and then mm-hmm. I forgot the first one that you asked me. That one was like a really Marvin, really- Marvin and, and Tim. Yeah, like those are the ones that are like together. Like if I listen to one, I guarantee it's gonna have the other one like maybe about three tracks down. Right, right, right. I fool with Faith Evans because you know that was when I was on like my little Kim swag and Puffy. Like yo, shout out to Puffy though. Like, like <laughs> he's Love now. I think they changed his name to Love. Or something. Yeah, Mr. Love yeah. has been Mr. Love. Um, he's been on his journey. You know, he's awakening and uh, just getting clarity and wisdom. And so shout out to him, um, Love. Brother Love, even goes by Love because they felt like the brother was doing too much, but I just want to put some brothers respect on his name. Uh, just right. because I, I see where he at, man. I just think that the growth is beautiful because uh, I, I know some of the things that like he's he's thought about and just how you have to navigate because, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, um, yeah, man. So that whole era, like I was bouncing both of them. Then okay, we so- singing depressed songs with Mary, but I'm like, yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel bad for really loving my life album because it jammed so hard because she was, was a documentary she said you know 
she in other interviews she says she cried making that whole album going through her yeah whole but you know what that's what yeah it's so it's beautiful because that's also when i fell in love with wyclef too mm-hmm. oh yeah it's like like yeah, i just fantastic. love artists I, I think like if you can make me feel a certain way and 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 i like artists that they tell their truth mm-hmm. and i got so much respect for mary now because i actually had a chance to like um, work with her back when I was serving with my sister. Shout out Sharday. I love you, big fella. Um, my sister took me as an intern with her when she was still working in the industry. And I got to travel like all across the US, like just doing like her thing that she did. She was like in events and music production, but she ain't mm-hmm. a musician, but she do the business side of it. And it's crazy. So mm-hmm. I got to be like all of these people and be in the green room with her. So I'm just yeah. like, when I met Mary, man, Mary was like, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And I like them kind of people. I mm-hmm. like when you bring your family and your family culture. Mm-hmm. And when I say culture, it mean it, it make the light skins of us feel uncomfortable sometimes because <laughs> they be talking about, oh, I like your coin rolls. <laughs> and my Lily voice. Make sure to not crossing in banks. Lily <laughs> me in real life. So I be like, Jesus. Man, like you, you just like you gravitate towards authenticity, and when yeah. I can hear that in a body of work, and you and you paint a picture from like top to bottom, that do something to my spirit. Like right. it's just like I connect with it more. Even like Jasmine Sullivan. Mm-hmm. I mean, her like hotels. Oh yeah, fantastic! I had a bassist John Smith on. He he uh, cut a couple on there. He's telling me about the process. Her doing how big. How beastly she is in she the studio. Is. She's beastly in the studio and off the studio. But yeah, it's fantastic. But I'm just gonna say this, just to just to end the game. Okay, are you going with Faith's um debut album or Mary's debut album? Cute Jeopardy music. Faith, we got You Used to Love Me. We got uh, As Soon As I Get Home. We got the album cuts, Ain't Nobody. We got. Man, uh, I don't know, bro. That's Come hard. Over. And then Mary's What's the 411. Either I say, I say this all the time. I think Faith's debut album is dope. I think it's the best. I think Mary's is good. I think for what she did for hip hop and RB is dope. But her second I, album, that was the pinnacle to me. I feel like Mary's second album is the pinnacle. And Faith's that has a great sophomore album too. But that when I play the game, it's like, okay, let's I, I switch it up sometimes. I cheat because I'll be like, well, it used to be the vocals, but now I switched it to playlist. You know, I cheat sometimes. And like you said, oh, earlier, I like vocals, yeah. so we could play that too. Um, yeah. I think I'm still solidly gonna choose Mary just because of like my time frame of what like my parents was introducing me to. And you know what? Because you, because you, you, you got to think too. Like 106 and Pratt was a thing back then too. Yeah. So Listen. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm uh, like when I when when I fell in love with Faith. That was when I was afraid of Tupac. It was weird. <laughs> I was only afraid of Tupac when he died because I was like, I just I was a weird kid. I was very weird. Um. But like, it might have been it might have been that Scarface video. Uh, it was just, yeah, like that some of the um, gangster rap and the videos. It was too much for me. At he the was time. featured in that song with Scarface. I want to I want to say so many tears. Oh wait, no, no, no. That's his smile. That's what it is. is that it's so many creepy. Like when I see the things, yeah. I'm like playing in my head. So you know, and I'm I love Tupac. Like, oh yeah, I wish he was still alive to this day. But 
it's still going to be a Mary for me just because of the culture that I was raised in. And, and you know what, man, it may actually too have something to do with my upbringing as well, because my dad, my biological father is actually from New York. Okay. So I may have some ties to that, you know what I'm saying? And I yeah. don't know, but I don't know if I can really solidly choose, but I'm going to choose Mary on that. You know what? <laughs> you didn't get you. That was a bonus. So it don't count anyway. And so, uh, but I've concluded the game and I've, Determined that there's nothing wrong with Miss Jasmine Kelly. Thank you. you won the game. Uh, your constellation prize. I might cash up you two dollars and twenty five cents to get you any malt liquor of your choice at convenience store. And uh, <laughs> now I'm playing. Uh, thank you for thank you so much for coming on. No, you said what? Now? <laughs> See, they catch it. If you got it, you got it. Don't let that go over your head. That's miracle. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for coming on the show. You dropped amazing gems. Definitely got to do a part two. We got to work that out because yeah, I have more well, questions. Thank you for having me. And honor. Your, your journey, watching your journey, I think is so dope for other musicians to aspire to. Those that are in a rut and don't know. I feel like you're listening to you tell your story is uh, just the divinity of just being purpose driven. And I call those kind of artists and musicians uh, liberated and a lot of because it's, it's some that don't that when they play you don't feel the authenticity of when they play it's like certain artists they just have a divine spirit like Prince Grace Jones uh, Annie Lennox Grace. Uh, Little Richard Sylvester you know if you if you know all the younger uh, artists y'all know who that is Sylvester great singer and just those that just live their art in in whatever abstract way, like Old Dirty Bastard, Buster Rhymes, Missy Elliott, like those hey, kind of artists. I love yeah. Missy. Yes, all those great artists. Here and they yes. know how to tell her I love her. <laughs> she's a, she's she's incredible. But yeah, yeah, those artists with that vision, I feel like you're following suit with those kind of artists in terms of the liberation. I say all the time, you have to in order to be liberated, you have to live. And I feel like your journey now, even though you're still young, you're getting to that purpose-driven journey that's like you said earlier that's aligning and I think it's inspirational and I think people can learn from it and that's why as I try to champion for musicians because it's reason why I started a show is because there's nobody with that it's certain musicians with podcasts but they don't really talk about the journey of certain musicians and so I try to get musicians and background vocalists on to tell their journey and let others that are aspiring that want to do it just soak the game up and learn yeah. something from it. You should add Carlin on here because he's very big on telling the whole picture too. You need to we go talk about that offer. You can you can hit me with all that information, but thank you so much for tuning in. And and those uh we're celebrating the belated birthdays of Phyllis Hyman, also Gerald Levert. And uh oh, yes, and you can where can they find you on social media? You can find me at one eight hundred on two eight zero. Hit my Jones upon a little Najee. Ah, you can find me, uh, and it's actually two for one for the people who want to come for me because I know. Um, you can find me on all social media um, at Jazz Kelly with an E Y K E L L E Y. Okay, uh, two Z's, and that's it on all platforms. Or you can look up the girl on drums. Um, that is where you can find my merch. The hub for. Um, female clothing, um, the number one, number one source for female drummer clothing. So, and um, shout out to the guys on drums too, because we all got so 
Yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me, Jazz Kelly, anywhere, and the girl on drums. And um, yeah, the shirt is from there. If you're reading this, yes. Okay, if you're reading this. Okay, that's up. Okay, once again, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Uh, like I said, make sure y'all check out her social media and go, go go get all her merch and support support the musicians. We're in a, still in a pandemic. Whatever uh, your, your governor, you Atlanta, we're, still, okay. we're still in a panini, right? Y'all, y'all, yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, we never stopped, but right. I I'm about to say something else, but we I'm trying to keep it clean, and y'all, you know, I don't want the church folk to, you know, let get, them come. Get <laughs> but, if they really know God or not. Right, we we're still in the panini. Uh, so support all the musicians. Support Miss Jasmine Kelly. Support her brand. All the details of where you can find all this information will be in, on soulsevens.com when this is posted. And thank y'all for tuning in. And we'll be back. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, Soul Savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the Sounds of Soul Savviness podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease.